It's 12 o'clock in Frisco, Texas, and it's time for Smoker Broker Radio with Robert Mesh, a.k.a. The Smoker Broker. Robert is the owner of Small World Realty and has employed hundreds of real estate agents in his 17-year career. He has instructed and mentored over 10,000 real estate agents at the highly acclaimed Champions School of Real Estate and is considered an expert in Texas residential realty. Robert is also an advocate of true entrepreneurial spirit and has helped many to transition from corporate America into the world of self-employment. And now live from the studio to your world, The Smoker Broker. Hey, welcome to Smoker Broker. I'm Robert Bish, and I'm the guy they call Smoker Broker. Hope you're having, having a great holiday season so far as we move into 2023. Uh, we were talking on the last episode about how uh, the market continues to be somewhat of an unexpected um, what's happening next. But if you look at investment in general, that's probably the key with anything. It's hard to predict where you're at with any um, type of true investment, which is actually the scope of our conversation today. Uh, we're actually going to be discussing uh, what it's like to be an investor. Now, what's cool about this particular show is that our last episode looked about, well, do we flip? Do we, uh, um, do we hold? Why do we do that? Do we, uh, what contractors do we use? Uh, do we use an agent? Why should we use an agent? But today we're going to turn it around. And we're going to talk about, do you want to do it? Do you want to invest? And, and, and if you do, you know, can you? Do you have the capability? You know, my, my, uh, my buddy, we're going to bring on here in just a second. Um, we got a lot of professional investors on the crew. And um, Alan Rosner is one of them. And it, it is, he did a write-up for this particular show. And he starts off with, uh, so you want to be an investor. And he puts, huh. Uh, H-U-H there. And I'm like, I love that because that's, I think that's what happens is someone goes, I'm just going to be an investor. And you're like, really? Are, are you sure? Can, can you do it? Do you have the means to do it? Do you have the expertise to do it? Uh, and I love that, that line that he put in there because it relates to me because all the clients that we deal with that want to invest a lot of times they will have this assumption that it, it's no problem. And I'm like, yeah, you, you might want to talk to someone before you start doing that. So it's a real treat for you all today because whether you're an agent and you want to do it or whether you're a client that you eventually want to do it, the guys we have on the show today are going to talk about the reasons as to why. Both of them are professional real estate agents. Both of them are professional investors. And both of them uh, do it for their own personal gain uh, because they do expertise in the material. It's an extension of the things that they do to protect their wealth. Uh, both of them have been successful in their other careers and the things that they do, but to stabilize their future lives and make it easier for them down the road. And they've established these well, their many empires uh, because of their investment knowledge. And I, I think you're, you're fortunate on this type of show because a lot of times we bring people on that you probably should have to pay to listen to uh, because they're actually giving you some of the secrets that they had to look at before they got into it. And they're paving a way for you to actually maybe say, oh, I could do it if I knew these particular things. So I want to introduce you all. You all know, I always bring my um, uh, uh, the guys that I work with on. Uh, you all got to see Mr. Andy Webb last week. He helped us out through whether you invest or uh, hold, which I love that because he, he definitely loves to hold property and 
today you can see Mr. Alan Rajan down uh, below, who uh, he's a big holder as well, but he knows how to flip too. And, uh, and it's funny, I find it ironic, he's sitting in a house that he actually did that very thing to. So I think it's fitting uh, that we have those conversations. Guys, good to see you. Uh, always uh, love this particular episode because I actually think he and I uh, uh, learn from listening to y'all on certain bits and pieces. I too have invested for years, not near as much in recent years have that y'all have done, but I love to hear some of the things that y'all go across because it's different takes uh, on similar things that we do and it's always helpful uh, either way. So let's start off, you know, Alan, Start off exactly the way you wrote it. You know, they want to be an investor. Why do they want to do that? What What do they have to go through their mind before they start saying, I'm actually going to do this? What are some things they should have done already to say, yes, this is a good idea? So what we did was we looked at our current investments to see where we stood. Um, when you look at your 401 or your your um, IRAs and whatnot, and you're watching them, oh, Andy, that you can go a little steeper than that because I got to tell you, it's it's like pushing a rock off a cliff. Um, it, it, you know, you have no control over. It. Think about this for a minute. Why would you want to give your money to somebody that is going to control it for you that you have little to no say? whether or not it's going to be a successful investment or not. Um, it, it's a gamble. It's it's a SEC casino. What my wife and I decided to do, and this was uh, about 10 years ago, we, we bought our first three rental properties. Um, with, with, we just got lucky. We, we found a, a bank that would loan us the money, and we, we went in there and we did the renovations to the property. Did we make mistakes? You bet your sweet butt we did. Um, I made a $16,000 mistake hiring the wrong contractor on the on so, house. So, Alan, let, let, let's, that's it, great because the episode we just did, we just, and I love this, Alan was even on the other show, and he, and he it's just because he knows what he's talking about, he goes right into what we were telling y'all last time on the last episode. Hmm. You get the wrong contractor, we ended the show with. You pull that wrong contractor in, and you better believe you're going to pay the price for it because you didn't do your research. I love that. Oh, we yeah. just got through talking about that. So that's every, a great transition. Every bit of it, $16,000 it cost us. And, you know, I mean, granted, over time, you're going to recoup because of appreciation of the property and all this other stuff. You, you really can't lose money in real estate. I'm going to, I'll even probably guarantee that, that it's rather difficult for you to make a mistake. Um, we have in our portfolio 18 rental properties. Um, we're in the middle of building six duplexes right now, and that'll bring our total unit count to 30. Um, but I will tell you that I probably, my wife and I looked at 300 properties to get to those 30 properties. You have to say no a lot. Um, you'll go into some of these MLS properties and you walk in and the guy wants $229,000. The house needs um, at least $100,000 worth of work. And so it's worth, so now is, it, is the house, is that in that neighborhood worth three twenty? No, the whole neighborhood's selling at two twenty. So you got to tell the person politely, hey, you know what? Thanks very much for the opportunity. Uh, uh, we're out the door. 
um, eventually over time, those same people end up calling you up and saying, hey, I got a property for you to look at. Why don't you take a look at it? Uh, the property we're in now, Andy looked at this property. He gave it a, a, an appraisal, a, you know, a number that he'd be a, a buyer at. That's I right. Happen- I forgot about that. Yeah, and I happened to give a little bit more. I was going to ask if that was the house, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the house. And, and you know, when you sit there and you, you, you think about it, you know, Andy has an opinion about the property. I have an opinion about the property. Andy's going to rent it. He's, in his mind, he says, I can only rent it for this. In my mind, I, I think my marketing skills are better or worse or whatever the case, and I, I, I'm, I, I can pay a little bit more. And I ended up with the house. So, you know, um, we ended up spending a little bit more than we anticipated in the budget. Uh, it was about $4,000 more. But uh, again, time will cure that problem. So you're going to rent that out? Is that the plan? At some point when I'm done living in it, I'll, I'll, I'll rent it out. So, so let me footnote that because you've said a couple times time will cure that. That is true if like I and like Alan, you are buying and holding. Yeah. Right? We had a conversation on the last on last week's show with Richa about flipping. That doesn't apply. So keep, no. keep the listener, the viewer, keep keep that in mind. Well, not, not, only is he, not only is Alan <laughs> buying or holding, he's using it to his advantage for his situation in life right now. That's a good place for him to be. He knew it when he bought that house. So he's actually serving more than just the one purpose of holding is that he actually is getting use out of it because that's what he wanted to do with it. And then he eventually has the resource. So it's, I, it's I, need a, I needed a place in Carrollton, you know, uh, for the next 12, 14, 16 months, 18 months, maybe two years. I don't know how long I'll be here still in Carrollton, but I needed a place. Rather than me paying rent to an apartment complex, it made more sense to buy this property and, and live in it while I'm, I'm using it. So, you know, my initial question, um, if, if you really want to invest, you yourself, you want to invest, how do you know you're ready? Well, it's real simple. Uh, do you currently live in a home that you're paying a mortgage on? If the answer is yes, you could be in the rental business tomorrow afternoon. And, and how is that possible? Well, simple. You just simply go out and buy another house that you're going to move into. and You're going to move your family, lock, stock, and barrel. Then you take this property that you're in now and you rent it. That's how you get into the rental business. Um, if you're under the age of 40 and you're watching this video, I would, I would make the case that you can afford to buy one to two houses a year and build yourself up to whatever you feel to be comfortable. Um, well, and so that's a good point too, Alan. And, 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 and you and me are, are a bit older than Andy, but probably our greatest regrets are that we wish we had done it when we were 20, 21 mm-hmm. and 22. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, I have few regrets. But I, I, do. I, I could go back and change that. I did. Yeah, my biggest my biggest regret is I didn't buy a house, you know, in, you know, in Dallas in in uh, when I got first got here in '99. You know, I could have bought yeah. I, I could have bought yeah. dozens of houses for for, for peanuts. But you well, know, just, just like a tree, the best time was 30 years ago, but the second best time is right now or tomorrow at the latest. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I want to make another point down. It's something you do well. That I, that I like about you uh, professionally and personally. Did you notice that when he was talking, when he, when Alan makes his, his requirements, he's not shy about telling somebody, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And if it doesn't fit, he's very blunt to them about, hey, look, that's not what I can do. But he does it. Did you, did you notice how when he said it, that he said those are the same people that eventually called him 
later for other deals. You know why they call him? Because he was respectful in the conversation to them saying, look, that doesn't work for me. He wasn't a jerk. He wasn't, uh, you know, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. He flat out did it respectfully, saying it just doesn't work for me. Yet they still reach out to him. And I think that's super important because a lot of times the relationships and the properties we get are off of people who said, well, I like the guy. I just couldn't do anything for him, but this might come up. You'd be surprised how that proceeds you down the road. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the thing that is that, you know, you want to get started and you just don't know how, but you everybody forgets that the house that they're living in could make the perfect rental property. You know what's wrong with it. You know what you need to fix to put somebody in there. So next comes the question is, that's is, a great comment too. It really is. Now you got to sit there and you scratch your head and you go, well, how much can I rent it for? That's the secret. That's the, 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 let me, if you're a current homeowner, you can rent that property probably for 25% less than me buying the house next door, which is identical build as yours. And the reason is, is that you bought your house maybe five years ago and you probably paid down your mortgage to such a point where maybe you have a $1,500 nut to crack over there, but I would have a $2,000 nut to crack. All of a sudden you can rent that house for, oh, I don't know, $2,200. Whereas I would have to rent the house for $2,700. So you have a, a, a built-in advantage renting the house that you're in. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, and, and I just want to make one quick comment on that. Don't to the to the viewer, don't assume you have to be a homeowner to become an investor. I've got a good buddy that's been renting. Actually, he just bought his personal residence last year. I helped him buy it, by the way. But um, he, he rented for a decade since moving to Texas and he bought houses and he bought duplexes. He got an eightplex. So don't don't assume you have to be a, a home buyer. In fact, he, he used his equity for those investments first. Um, yeah, a lot of people do do the the rent my personal house. You get the accidental landlord where I'm a single dude and I find that lady I like and we get married and we move into her house or she moves into my house. Well, we rent that one out. So it's a good way to go. If And that's where you want to talk with a realtor and say, well, hey, what are the rental cops? What can I rent it for? And does it make sense? Because there are some markets and, and, and maybe it's a really high dollar house that doesn't make sense. Well, maybe then it makes sense to go ahead and sell it and take that equity out and invest it somewhere that that works. Um, but yeah, it's perfectly good, perfectly good place to to start. Lots of people do. Yeah, I love I love the uh, that's a great layout for the topic of this show as to well, where do you start from? There, listen to both their simplicity stories. There, one's where you're sitting. You know, you know what it is. If you find out how much you rent for, you know how much you owe on it. And both Alan and Andrew are right. Chances are you've got some major positive cash flow in that one if you've had it for a while and uh, you have it under a, a really low rate, which you probably do if you've had it for a while. Uh, that's a great start because you're like, oh, I have to have all this stuff going. Well, not really. If you've already got the equity there and you already got positive cash flow, you're probably going to be able to go out and buy another one. But then I like Andy's comment too. Well, you also don't have to have that one. If you have the right lender in place, hard money lender as well, you could go out and do the same things if your projections are right uh, and the, the, the deal makes sense. And if you get the right hard money lender, they actually 
advise you as well. They're like, hey, look, if I were you, I'd be careful about this particular thing. So you don't have to own it. I like both sides of it. Both of them start from simplicity. And I think that's what's great about investing. Alan, do you see any potential pitfalls for those people that are maybe too emotionally attached to the kid's bedroom where Johnny grew up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's some, there's, you know, the hardest thing for my wife and I to do when we got into investing is to actually get a scalpel and cut the emotion out of it. You can't be emotional about any of these properties Mm -hmm. because quite frankly, um, that'll be your downfall. That's what's going to cost you money every single time you turn around. Um, when we sold the house that I, my girls grew up in, it was an emotional period, but we dropped the wall down because we just felt that we needed to hand it over. I handed it to a realtor and said, here, handle this, sell my house for me. Because I didn't want to get tied up in, in somebody lowballing, somebody doing this, somebody doing when, when you have your own property and you're going to in, put it into rental service, you need to just be able to be prepared to make that new house that you're moving to, to be your new uh, long-term home. I, I view it as a, it's my new long-term rental. <laughs> That's all I'm, I'm about to get into. A I mean, rental. honestly, most of the houses we live in are long-term rentals. If you really let me, how many times do we really stay in, the same house it's difficult in fact it, these days it's a rarity that someone stays in that same house so that's true it's a long-term rental what's the difference whether it's here or somewhere else you know by so, the way that house that house that you're in alan i approached it not as a rental but as a flip and for that reason i, I came in quite a bit lower robert i, I sold a house using the, the keller williams iFinder program recently and it was interesting because i got six bids and it was very clear which were the were the the people seeking to hold it as a rental in which were the, the we need to talk. To I'd like to hear that story at some yeah. point. I didn't know you had done that. I'd love to hear mm-hmm. that uh, uh, outside of this course, but I'm, I'm in, interested about that because, you know, that was an initial design that I had for you guys that I'm like, I'm curious if that would help you guys to use those things. I mean, would it help to use that tool? So I want to hear about that later. For sure. But, but it was interesting to see the price points. You know, there, there was a very clear oh, I bet. differential in, in the, uh, in the offering point. I bet. Between the two, two investor types. Yeah, I'm really interested in that. I definitely want to hear about that. That's awesome. You know, Nanny made another good comment too about uh, both of these uh, guys, the house in Allen city and both of them did look at it and Andy's right. Had we looked at that from a flip perspective, that would not have been a good flip. Now, <laughs> Andy, if you fast forward to what happened with the market, that would have been awesome because where Alan bought that versus what it would have sold for would have been an unbelievable flip now. But right. we wouldn't have known that back then. But Alan's, he the point was, those were two different philosophies. I, too, wouldn't have flipped that property. I, I could have, but it wouldn't have been an immediate as far as the market was back then. But what Alan was doing, much more his style. So I love that. I love the fact that you can have two people who know what they're doing, look at something in a different way, and it's beneficial to one versus the other. I love that. So what I've got in the background here, I'm going to try and move my head out of the way. This is uh, an MLS uh, group listing of, of uh, properties that I just did a quick search in the zip code. So when I just used 75010 and did single family homes. So as you can see, these are the current, this is the current market. This is the market for 75010. So if you have a property that's in 75010 and you sit there and you go, well, what can I rent this house for? And you start looking at 
at the data that's there. <clears throat> and you see that the pricing, the rental goes from $2,350 for a three bedroom, two bath house, all the way to $5,500 for a 4,700 square foot house. You've got a pretty large market there. So when you plug in your house into this program and you sit there and you go, huh, I can get 30, 3,250 bucks. Well, my nuts only $2,200. Is that possible? Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The only way to find out is to actually put it out there and list it and, and see what, 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 what ends up happening out of it. Uh, yeah. you have any, Andy, what do you think? How would you do it? Yeah. I mean, essentially I, I would be clicking on those individual links, those houses that are close in square footage to my, my target house. How, what's the finish out? Do I match those? And if I don't, before I buy it, I'm going to put enough spread into my offer to be able to buy it, make those renovations, right? If it's got Formica countertops, I need to go in with granite. Okay. Budget for that. If it's got different type of flooring than, than it does, car, all carpet now, I need to go in with hardwoods. Okay. Budget for that. So that's the only thing I would add. You're, 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 you're spot on though. How do I figure out what I'm going to make in that neighborhood? It starts with, uh, with the rent comps. See, and another thing my wife and I decided to do from the get-go, nobody wants to manage rental properties and get a 3 a.m. phone call. Um, how do you, how do you prevent that from happening? Well, we figured it out, um, based on an old adage. My uncle told me, uh, a long, long time ago. He, and all he said was if it's fixed, You'll never get a phone call. And when you sit down and you think about that, what do you mean if it's fixed? How do you know if it's fixed? Well, we made the decision on every property we acquire. We go in, we have it inspected completely front to back, back to front. We have the list. It's not used as a negotiating ploy with the seller. We use this to know what we're up against. Is this, does this house have a problem behind the wall? Does this house uh, is it, does this house have an electrical problem? Uh, imagine buying a house you think is a decent deal. Then you find out that it has aluminum wiring throughout the whole house. <clears throat> How many of you have a, a breaker box inside of a closet somewhere? None of that is to code today. So if you're going to put a rental, uh, somebody in there, a, a second party in there to rent a property from you, you want to make sure that that property is up to code it's important. It's up to code. And that way, if God forbid something should ever happen, they really can't point their finger at you and say, hey, you you, you knew this had aluminum wiring in it. Well, yes, I did, but I changed it out. Here's the here's the paperwork to show that. Oh, well, it's not, now all of a sudden you're, you guys are in the clear. We do that. We spend, uh, it's, it's kind of ironic because we were doing taxes uh, for last year and we just finished that up in October. We spend on an average of about $60,000 per property renovating it before we rent it. Then at, when, you, when you do the math on that, we make sure that we buy the house so that it's, it comes in line. If a house is worth $300,000 and it needs $60,000 worth of work, I'm not going to pay much more than two forty dollars for it unless I really, really, really want that property. But two forty dollars will be the number. And it's not because I'm flipping it. It's because I need to be right in the rent. Because if I'm going up against somebody like you that has a property already in that neighborhood, you have the advantage because you bought the house 10 years ago. You don't need to charge as much rent as I will have to as a, as a new, new landlord coming in. 
Yeah, the difference is again, it's it's amazing how two two people look at things differently depending on what their situation is. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. The success depends on what the person is wanting wanting to eventually do with it. So, uh, I think it just makes one of the you know one thousand things that's fascinating about investing. It does depend on the situation. So, and maybe just real quickly, one small comment that just occurred to me, Alan, as you're saying that, well, two comments. Number one, I like to be close to market, maybe just under. So if you have that headroom and you don't have to go as high, well, you might want to go a little bit higher, right? You may as well put some, take, take some of that money off the table into your pocket. The other consideration, if you are going to turn your current house into a rental and you have a homestead exemption or any other exemptions on it, when you move out, guess what? Those drop off. So whatever your P-I-T-I, or whatever your escrowed tax amount is in that mortgage payment, that will go up. So consider that in your calculation. Why don't you guys talk a little bit about your, uh, um, on the on the investing side, when you start making a decision on if you're going to property management, uh, manage it a lot. Both of you have interesting opinions on that. Uh, and I know Alan, I can't remember Andy, but I know for sure Alan likes to do his own. Um but so, talk about how that helps when you're doing this type of stuff. So for me, nobody is going to watch over your property better than you are. Um, that includes property managers. That includes other real estate agents. That all about are, how vested interest you have in it. You're exactly, clearly vested. All about in vested we we run. I run my firm that way, and the reason why I help somebody's because I'm clearly vested in it. I want to make sure they do well. So I love that. I love that. Exactly. And, and I don't want, I don't want some guy renting my property out just to earn the commission and to get the vacancy off of his books. Uh, and, and he'll, he'll lower the standards that I might have set. Uh, you know, I might've said, you know, no, nothing lower than a 589 beacon score. And he, he finds a guy with a 590 beacon score, but doesn't bother to check the guy's work history and says, okay, I'm just going to rent it to this guy. And then that, that guy totals out my house or, rent, you know, just does something. I just can't trust anybody enough to, to do that, to, to watch over that property the way I would. Yeah, Robert, I, I do self-manage as well. Uh, most of my houses are around DFW. We've got a few down by Houston. Um, I self-manage those. If, if you go back to the conversation we just had where Alan talked about making everything new, your, your, your ongoing maintenance issues should be minimal. Um, do you need to even be there if something breaks, if you have a good handyman or contractor? No, my wife and I travel the country all the time in an RV and I manage from the road. So I'm not even in Dallas most of the time, you know, managing these things. Um, that said, you know, I know a lot of investors in other states that are buying here in Dallas or down in Houston. I love to help those guys, by the way, uh, as a realtor. But what do they do? They A lot of them use property management companies. It just eases them, you know, they're in, their, in their own heads from afar. Could they do it from there? Probably so, you know, if they do it right. But um, there's no right or wrong. I, I agree with you, Alan. I think I'm able to manage better than that guy I could hire. Plus, I don't want to pay eight or 10 percent. But, you know, you know, it's funny is I had a, a I have a property that. Uh, the next uh, house next door, the neighbor offered it to me to buy it. Uh, and I gave them a fair offer, but they got somebody from California to pay them uh, another $40,000, which 
I thought was incredible. But at any rate, they, they sold the house to them and the guy renovated it. And it took the guy about seven months to renovate this property. And I got to tell you, I just scratched my head wondering why did it take so long, but still took the guy seven months. Puts a for rent sign in the front by uh, from some uh, broker. Um, and that went in February. The house is still vacant. Why? Wow. The guy overpaid for the property and the guy over over renovated the property. Didn't uh, while he fixed a lot of the stuff that was wrong with the house, he initially paid forty grand more than the house was worth. So now he has to he has to rent that house for close to I think it's I think it's nineteen hundred a month. And that's I don't know if that's break even or not, but he has to rent it for nineteen hundred a month. And he's had zero bites. So he calls me asked me to take over his property management. And I said, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you. And when I told him what I told him, he said, holy crap. So I don't know what he's doing right now, but I think he's trying to refinance the, the, the product so that he can get the, his costs down. But, but right now he is so upside down that house is not even fun. Yeah, you make your money when you buy. He overpaid. Probably, I don't know what his rehab looked like. You want to rehab to the market and, and price to the market. Um, also though, on the property management side, you know, I, I, Alan, you, you and I are now full. Well, I guess, you, I don't know if you are, but I'm full time in this. So I've got the time, not that I need a lot of it, but for the viewer that is considered, right. We're talking about, so you want to be an investor, huh? You can be an investor. If you work a full-time job, you don't have to devote a lot of your time to what we're talking about. If you hire a general contractor to manage the renovations, if you hire a leasing agent to get at least up and hire the property management company to manage it for you if it helps you sleep better and allows you to do your your day job right, right? don't don't let that hold you back yeah don't don't no, don't let anything hold you back you you can't prove to me that your 401k that has uh, $150,000 in it is worth more today than a, a piece of rental or, or tomorrow than a rental property i'm going to tell you Point blank, you take the hundred and fifty thousand dollars out, pay your twenty percent or ten percent penalty, um, so it costs you fifteen thousand dollars to remove it. So now you got one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. Take that and go put that down on a two hundred thousand dollar house and rent it. Watch the return. You'll all of a sudden, you'll as soon as your equity gets to a certain point in that house after three or four years, you refinance it, take a cash out. Now all of a sudden, you got your money back. And now you can go out and buy another house and do it again and do it again. Or take the 135 and go buy five houses at 20 to 25K a pop, depending on how yeah. you're buying. That's how I buy them, right? Hard money, mega fix-ups, refinance out. It's a little right. bit different model perhaps, but um, you can make, I agree with you, Alan. I, 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 I cashed out my 401k when I left my job at the start of the year. There is something, by the way, called a 401k partition. If you're in a, a common uh, common property state like Texas, where you can avoid that 10% penalty. So there are ways around that. But um, yeah, we, we cash it out. I'm with you 100%. Far better. I, I'm I, Over a decade plus, uh, I've seen the results. Far better place to place our cash. Our investment is in is in real estate. Has been. If I showed you my portfolio right now, you just scratch your head and you wonder, how did you do that in a 10-year period? It, it far exceeds any anything that you can imagine that a 401k would have done for you. And and in, even with the same investment 
levels that we would be doing. It's just off the chart. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you went sideways on me, Robert. I got dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I like to take breaks from my own show. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> got to go stoke the fire, get it ready. I just realized it's probably easier when I, if I have to do it from this office, which is terrible, it's easier on the phone because I'm not on their internet. So I just realized I'm like, shit, just go to the phone. That won't cut off. So <laughs> sorry about that. So, like so one of the things, one of the things that I, I mentioned to Robert is, is the, the daunting thing for a new first time invest, investor is to look at yourself and say, Hey, how do I find that? that that special project you know to look for and or or what do i need to do well it, it all starts with picking a zip code uh somebody greater than i wrote a book a long time ago about uh about by you know doing rental properties and it's kind of funny because i i just bought the book uh, um, i bought the book the other day uh, i believe that it, it was a uh, keller williams uh, uh associates that were um that wrote this book, Robert. I think you even told me you remember. It's called uh, "Hold How to yeah, Find." If it's millionaire agent, huh? Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's millionaire agent, uh, the KW Investing one of the shift or the uh, one buy or whatever. Those are all Keller books. Yeah. So so uh, uh, these guys. When I sat there and I started to read through it, I you know I, I'd already been investing for about seven or eight years, and I'm like this is like the model that I stumbled on because I couldn't believe that the, everything that they said in that book, we, my wife and I were doing, we, we, uh, which, we which is good. I think, I think most investors are instinctive that way. I think they have, you know, uh, inside they're already built that way. If they're doing the right thing, I think it surprisingly follows strong common sense models. So that doesn't shock me as much. Now, I'm going to hold this up. I don't, I don't know if you can see it, but that's yeah, the, the whole thing. Yeah. The book. And I love there's, it. Uh, they, they were predecessors to um, to Keller Williams. But the, the point is, is how do you determine? Well, you pick a zip code first. Once you pick a zip code, I would pick a zip code close to where I'm living currently. So in, in my case, when I first started this, we, we looked in 75287 because my house was in 75287. And um, uh, we started to look in there. Couldn't really find anything. Uh, we stumbled on another city that's an hour away. And we decided to go visit that city. So we, we went through that city. We looked at the pricing on the houses. They were one third of what the houses in, Den in Dallas were selling. And we, my wife and I said, you know, let's try it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, we're not going to lose money in real estate. So we bought our first house in March of 2013. Then as, it, as luck would have it, our second house we got in uh, uh, May of 2013. It just fell into our lap. And then the third house, I was scanning the HUD listings and I found one that, that we, found, we, we got. And I went in there, they wanted, uh, I think $55,000 for the house. My realtor at the time said, you know, um, it looks like a good deal. And I said, no, it's got some a lot of work to do. And we, we wrote a long laundry list and told them, told HUD that it had mold in it, black mold. We, we don't want to buy it. It's going to cost us too much to, to uh, clear it all out of there. And 
we left it alone. Well, about two weeks later, my realtor gets a phone call from the HUD guy saying, hey, does your uh, investor still want to buy that property? And she has never in her 20 plus years in real estate, did she ever have a phone call from HUD uh, on a, on a follow-up call, calling to see if we're still interested at, at, at the original number that we had bid. So we ended up buying that. So we bought three houses in 2013. We were in the middle of renovating on them all. It was a juggling act that, that was amazing. We learned an awful lot. We tried to do the first renovation ourselves. The second house, we ended up bringing in a handyman to do it. And the third one, we hired a GC contractor. That's the guy that took us for $16,000. So, you know, it's it's a learning process, uh, which I'm sure Andy or I, either one of us would help uh, hold your hand through whatever it is that you're trying to, to do. All you have to do is reach out to us. I want to make a great point there because Alan's so gracious with his own uh, experience. Notice how he said that there's there's nothing you can lose because it's real estate. He's right. Real estate. He's correct. Real estate, very hard to lose, in Texas at least, very hard to lose money here. But notice how he also said he lost 60000 or he had issues 60000 That had nothing to do with his real estate. That had to do with his execution of his plan on who he let do it. And that's a huge point to make here. Because if you look at investing from a whole, especially in Texas, which I'm, I'm always grateful to practice real estate in Texas, it's very hard to lose the money in Texas. In fact, I don't know many people that over time ever lose the money in Texas real estate. But notice how he said, if the plan screwed up or it's an unexpected person that's involved, it causes issues. Money can be lost, which is the whole point of this particular broadcast is that you guys don't do that. You go to people like Andy or Alan. Uh, you go to people who know what they're doing so they can tell you. you know, if there's anything that ever needed expertise outside of, uh, you know, uh, doing, you know, heart surgery or something, you know, real estate investing would be right up there. It's funny how attorneys always get the, oh, you better go talk to an attorney. I, when it comes to investing, that real estate investor, that person is 10 times more valuable than anybody else in that process. Cause they know they're going to tell you that I've done this before. This happened to me. I don't even have to predict it. I'm telling you it's going to happen. So, it really does reinforce the reason why we do these things and talk about them because these guys are live examples. I, I love it when anybody we ever talk to talks about how they got to where they're at making mistakes. I, that's still the most true statement. Anybody who's successful, you know, you've heard Jordan say it a thousand times. How many times did he fail? You know, it, it's, you have to be able to screw up to get good at it, but, What's great is if the resources are there and you utilize those resources, you don't have to make the same mistakes. You just have to be able willing to go and talk to the right person. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and I love making mistakes. Um, my wife always just smiles at me and, and when, I make that mis when I make a mistake and she'll look over and she'll say, so what do you think? And I said, well, I messed up. I should have I offered more money. You know, I've never had a problem calling myself out. In yeah, fact, I, yeah. I, I think it's a good quality to have one at my fault. I screwed that one up. I could have thought a thousand different ways on that one. And I didn't do it the right way. You no, know, we found a house that these people were living in for 
probably four years, had no drywall up. All, all, you know, all the all the studs were showing when we went to go look at this house. Um, they had Romex wire run from the outside um, uh, mounted uh, breaker box through the whole house. Romex. Uh, for those of you that may not be involved in in electric ele electricity of a house. Romex is generally used as a, 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 a joint, you know, to connect your plug uh, to, a, 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 you know, just an existing junction box that's, that's up there. You, you don't wire the whole house. It's not meant to do that. Um, but the whole house had Romex throughout the whole thing. Um, the house, uh, it was also white Romex. It should have been yellow if they were going to do it at all. But <laughs> the, the point is, it, you know, when I had my electrician go in there to look at it, he, he estimated $30,000 to fix this problem. Uh, and and, and it, it was a serious problem. And so we reduced our bid $30,000. The customer, the seller, um, said that he had another buyer that was going to give $25,000 more than we were bidding. And I said, do they know about the electricity issue? And the, the seller, rightfully so, said, I don't care. <laughs> You know, and they closed and they sold the house to this guy. About a month later, the house is now on the market. I know the wiring wasn't done, and, and it's out on the market as one of those uh, 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 lipstick on a pig kind of deals. I went over and, and <laughs> when they stuck, I, I just went over to look to see, and I op you open the breaker box, and there it is. The Romex is still there. So you knew they didn't do the work. Um, but you know, if the, one day there'll be a fire in that house, guess who's going to be responsible for it? It'll be those people. So it, it's it's a it's a problem that you have to well, have you know, experience to look. And that's something. It's something we didn't we don't touch on as much in this show. We probably should, and maybe that's the next one we do, is on the ethical side of this business because we talk so much about. Uh, should you flip, should you hold? And if you do, uh, are you capable? Are you a good candidate to do it? But we really never talk about the, um, the, the, the integrity issue here because the investment community gets a bad rap because there are a lot of bad apples out there that are trying to cut corners and it, it hurts the rest of them because most of the investors are very honest, decent people that are actually trying to take something from nothing and make it into something for somebody else. And they make money at the same time. And it's unfortunate that there are so many out there that try to cut the corners. Uh-oh. I'll, I'll agree with him though. I'll agree too. In, in, in the landlord world, those are called slumlords. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> and, we don't and, like you. And one of the things that I, I would much prefer to have a house that, I need to go look at that needs work that I know needs work than the one when I walk in there and it looks like, you know, it looks like the Taj Mahal. Uh, yeah, know, we, all we talked on the last show with Iricha about HVAC and should I replace it? Do I make a repair? I, I've bought a few houses where the HVAC all, it was just gone. I love that. <laughs> I don't have to think about it. We're replacing it. It's yeah, done. Exactly. He rocks you know, down. I can see what I can see the bones even even better. So the the scarier the house, maybe that's the better house to work on. And so one of the tricks that we do is when when a hot water heater needs to be replaced, we we go tankless, hundred percent tankless. I don't have to worry about it, uh, a, a heater uh, bursting. I don't have to worry about it ever stopping to work. 
because as long as it's maintained properly, which, you know, that's what we do, uh, it, it'll last you much, much longer than, than any tank. Yeah, I've never, I've never gone quite to that length. We, we did fix up a, a 53 build where the, the I don't know, you, you probably know this, Alan, the water heaters with recent EPA requirements, they've gotten fatter. They don't fit in those old 1950s closets. So we relocated the whole dang thing into the garage at, at, at an expense. I hadn't even considered a tankless. And you're case. not allowed to put them in the attic anymore. You can't put them up uh, above the ground. You know, they don't even want water running up there. I, we ran into that problem with the city uh, with our duplexes that we're building. That they, we, we, we put in tankless in them all, and they wouldn't let us put the, the heaters up there. And I wanted the heater somewhere else and got no big argument with the builder. But um, the bottom line is, is I like heaters. I mean, it's... Uh, Another thing uh, to touch on, you know, being a your own property manager, it's 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 really really hard to be, um, uh, you know, to to sit there and be worried about that. Oh my God, what if the HVAC goes out? What if this goes out? What if that goes out? You know, you, I'm never going to see these people anymore. Well, what we like to try and do is we like to try and visit all our properties once, at least once a year. Um, uh, once a month, once every couple of months, once every three months. And you can easily use the excuse of, hey, let me come in there and change your filter for your air conditioning. And it, it's a the filters you can buy for a dollar, dollar twenty-five, dollar fifty if you buy them in bulk. You could probably get them for 89 cents if you buy them in bulk. But the point is is that you're becoming active. And on a Saturday, one Saturday a, a month, you go uh, go into one of your, you know, if you have two or three rental properties, just go into one of them and say, hey, I'm here to change the filter. While you're in there, look around, take gander, see, you know, oh, what what happened down here? You know, and all of a sudden, everybody will start telling you, oh, we had a problem with uh, with, with uh, a dog chasing a, a, a cat and it ran into the wall. I'm so sorry, there's a hole there. But you, you can fix it right <laughs> then and there. You, you, you know, you just, you're there, you see it, they can't hide it from you. So, you know, that you got just using your yeah. little head, you can protect your own investment. Guys, great job today, as always. I, I don't think everybody realized how fortunate they are to get that stuff for free uh, because the information, uh, believe me, is better than almost any book you could have read just with what you uh, listen to uh, today and uh, in our last episode. I want to thank everybody for watching, especially want to thank Alan and Andy for their time. Uh, it's very valuable and they make uh, 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 a change in their schedules to get here. So thank you for those guys. Appreciate everybody out there. Thank you all for always watching. Y'all have a great rest of the week and hopefully we'll catch up with y'all. See y'all soon. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ta-ta.